Welcome to a very special edition of the Grizz Den Pod. It's a cold night in Memphis, but our front office is on fire. So hot. Welcome to Ty Smith. He's here, my co-host. We, it's just the two of us today. Um, Now, the Grizzlies made a, a lot of new additions. Yep. To their team. None but, bigger than. But the Grizz Den podcast <laughs> made an addition today as well. Uh, Brantley is not here, as you'll notice. Uh, he actually just had a baby girl. He and his wife, uh, his wife and his do- his baby girl are doing well. Yep, doing great. Uh, just kind of FaceTimed him a little bit. Let's go. Waverly Grace Davidson. Um, so we're really happy for, for them. Uh, throw him a shout out on Twitter. Um, we're just we're just so excited to now have two Grizz Cubs. In the All podcast. the Cubs, um, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Grizzden, Instagram at Grizz underscore Den. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Shout out to our one star yeah. review on iTunes. We have so last time I checked it, which I was gonna rate us because I'm trying to help things out too. You know, like <laughs> self promotion. Yeah, totally. It's like voting yourself for an all star. Bradley Bill did it. You know That's why can't true. why can't I do it? Um, but yeah, we have eleven ratings and ten five stars and one. Solo one star. I'm gonna give him a shout out every time. Shout out one star. What's up? Yeah, good for you, man. We need that. We need that. It's it's gonna get us going. All Making right. us better. This is an exciting episode. I'm gonna roll out the agenda so for exciting. you guys. I'm gonna roll out the agenda because we got a lot to talk about and we needed to we needed to keep ourselves organized here. So first thing, we're gonna talk about just the timeline from last night. Where we started with the tweets from Woj and Shams to where we got to today. Uh, then we're going to give a farewell to Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, um, who just were unbelievable veterans. Yep. Um, maybe do some comparing and contrasting with Andre Iguodala <laughs> in there. Um, then we're going to roll out a new segment. It's called Five Things. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to give you the top five things you need to know about the new Grizzlies. Um That'll be fun, and then we're going to give you our our reactions to uh, all the trades, the uh, contract extension that happened last night as well. Um, we're going to go through what the updated depth chart looks like. Uh, we're going to go through the salary cap, um, and then at the very end, if we have time, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the three games that the Grizzlies have p- played since we last spoke. Uh, maybe give a Grizzlies history moment and then end with hammer nail coffin. We have busy a pod. lot to get to. Very, busy pod. very busy. Um, okay, so let's start from the top. Last night, uh, if you're a hardcore Grizzlies fan, you probably spent two to three hours just refreshing Twitter. Yeah, heart racing. Heart racing. My adrenaline was pumping. So the very first tweet was thrown out by Shams around at 6.24 p.m. He said the Grizzlies and the Heat are in advanced discussions around Andre Iguodala. Now, since we had talked about on our uh, previous pods what we were expecting, uh, the number one trade we kind of all agreed upon was that Clippers trade, the Harkless yep. and uh, a draft pick for Andre Iguodala. Um, the Heat were not somebody w- that we threw out there necessarily, um, but so that was that was that was fun to see that tweet. Um, I don't know about you, Ty. I didn't. 
I didn't put a lot of stock into that yet. Oh, I did. I was I was trade machine just <laughs> like <laughs> you you've never seen. Yeah, my fingers almost fell off typing in all the different. Okay, trades. yeah, actually, no. It was before that. There was a report from a uh, from a couple of writers about the. The, the heat, you're right, actually, because then the word advanced was the thing that yeah, uh, that so really tipped it off. A couple of like heat, either beat writers or maybe they're athletic writers. I don't remember who it was, but a couple of people that we all follow for Grizz content on Twitter uh, retweeted these people basically saying like, look for this kind of thing. Like, look for Iggy to really be a strong possibility. Yeah. Um, and no, I mean, no one put a huge amount of stock into it because it was just kind of hearsay. But right. then when Shams threw out the advanced discussions, yep. that that's when, when you were like, crazy. okay, here it, here it goes. Okay, so 7 o'clock, Woj throws out a tweet. Pat Riley wants Andre Iguodala and Gallinari. Can't blame him, except for the Iggy part. 7.23, this was the tweet. Shams, Andre Iguodala to the heat. The deal is finalizing. Uh, so we were freaking out. Yeah. We were doing a lot of speculating on who was coming back. At that point, I think we probably thought it was James Johnson and maybe a young player. Yeah, my my initial thought was, so I thought we were just going to do Iggy to Miami um, for James Johnson and Duncan Robinson. It's kind of what which all was, of us were like, this could probably be it. Yeah, yeah, Duncan Robinson, I was 24, 25 years old. Uh, I think he went all four years at Michigan, played in the G League last year. But it's been like a good contributor, starts for them, plays a lot. But they also have Tyler Hero, so it's like kind of play the same position. Yeah. So I can see that happen. So that was my initial thought. And my other thought was Derek Jones Jr. Right. To me, was that was like the worst yeah. case. Maybe yeah, yeah. like, uh, you know, yeah. he's athletic, fine. Yeah, he's, he can dunk. He'll be fine. Um, which at the end of the day, it's we, we're we literally, whatever Anything. we get from Andre, yes, for Andre icing on the great. Cake. Yep. Um, okay, so then Woj, right after that that tweet from Sham, says, Grizz Heat agreed a deal, and then Iguodala signed a two-year, $30 million extension yeah. after that, and Just I was freaking out. That was hilarious to me. Iggy, come. He's 36 years old, nuts. and they were going to pay him $30 more. Then it it came out later that he was, uh, the second year was the team option. Team option, so, so they can it was keep a flexibility better. moving forward. But I think it was kind of understood that if they don't get anyone in that summer, then they're going to bring. They're going to just guarantee him and bring him back for his final yeah, year. Yeah, maybe so. So he'll be 38 at that time, still potentially making $15 million a year, which Pretty is good. just, yeah. Uh, at 7.34 p.m., Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill were taken out of the lineup. It yep. was announced. And so we had the Mavs game last night that started at 7.30. Yep. So this was literally right before tip-off. And that's when we were like, okay, this could be big. Yeah, yeah. Um, then 7.49 p.m., the best tweet of the night <laughs> Yeah. from Woj. Justice Winslow, uh, Winslow, part of the package heading to Memphis. I mean, like I didn't – so when Crowder and Hill got taken out – I don't guess there wasn't talk of OKC joining in yet um, when they were taken out of the lineup. Right. So then we, we thought, yeah, we didn't know whether or not yep. this was just precautionary. Yeah. We I kind of thought, I didn't know what was going to happen. Our Slack even threw out like, oh, we're going to send an expiring like solo to Phoenix and somehow get Kelly Oubre because Mark Stein had mentioned Kelly Oubre is like on the trading block. Yeah. Like, we're finally going to get him even though we were on time last year. So I didn't really have a clue what was going on. Um, but when I saw the Justice Winslow thing, I was like, okay, we're we're giving up some like something. It's right. not just Iggy for Winslow. A, the financially that wouldn't work. So we knew more contracts um, was going to come. But at that point, I didn't even care. I was like, if you yeah, could have, exactly. if I could have handpicked, and we'll get into this stuff later about right. just all of it. But if I could have handpicked a guy that I wanted off that team, younger guys. I mean, you could 
you could argue that it'd be other people, but Winslow would be at least he would be my pick. He'd be my pick. Absolutely. Maybe so, Hero, but I'd I'd want Winslow more, I think. Yeah, at that point it became obvious that uh we were going to be taking back some bad contracts. Yep. But sure. at then because we did but again, OKC was kind of this variable the whole yep. time. Um I'll get to the video. There was a there was an Andre Iguodala the Mark Spears. Video. Just he had that prepped. He had it lined up. I he mean, did. apparently he that already a, had a contract extension that was lined 10 up. 10 p.m. So. That was a 10 p.m. A contract extension had already been basically agreed to, Unreal. and yet the trade hadn't been finalized Unreal. yet. Um, he just so stayed patient, man. He just stayed patient. I would say that quote. between 7:49 p.m. and 10 o'clock was. We were just everybody was was speculating. Yeah, for two hours because usually when these deals happen around the trade deadline, you know they tweet out the big players in the deal, the big players that are going to move. But then after that, like maybe three minutes later, you expect the the full deal to yeah, yeah. be revealed. And yet this one just took lingered. forever. It didn't. It didn't in, in, until ten ten p.m. when Woj tweeted Memphis, Miami, OKC working on an elaborate three team deal that would land. Iguodala and Gallinari in Miami talks could extend into Thursday. Yep, that's when we were like, okay, this is this is going to be a tomorrow thing, right? Um, and at that point, though, there was also a uh, a Heat writer tweeted out that James Johnson and Deion Waiters weren't playing in the second half right. of their game last night. So that's when we kind of put the deal together. Maybe yep. had a really a good good guess on uh, what the deal was going to be. Then uh, ten thirty nine p.m. Uh, out of Brooks. nowhere, like the timing yes. is just hilarious. It's Dylan just like Bro- Woj announced. Might that as well. Dylan Brooks was going to was agreeing to a three year, thirty five million dollar contract deal. extension, which was just. I'm sure we'll talk about that later too. But unbelievable! So great number. Fast forward to uh, today, eleven a.m. Shams and Woj together piecing the deal together for. Uh, it was like one player at a time. It was, it was like Dan Waiters, so like Jay Crowder to the Heat. Yeah, Solomon Hill to the Heat. And uh, then they announced Deion Waiters, James Johnson would be coming to Memphis. Uh, so that was finally the deal was was yeah. done at 11 a.m. Uh, no picks involved, yep. just three players for three players. Yeah, I mean, ideally you would want. I mean, we weren't going to get a first rounder no. in that situation. Oh. Yeah, I get. We were like Winslow was the taken on salary, but we got a guy who yeah, we got a 23 year old former top 10 draft pick who's win healthy. Again, we'll talk about that stuff later. Is a super solid player. Yep. So uh, then, twelve thirteen p.m. Woj, Rockets, Jordan Bell to the Grizzlies for yeah, didn't for Bruno that. Caboclo, and then we have a twenty twenty three second round pick swap with the yep. Rockets. Yeah, um, which probably won't come to much, but which you can tell. So Bell was not playing really for the Rockets, right? Or no, he had, sorry, he was not playing for the Timberwolves. He had just been dealt in the Robert Covington deal yep. to the Rockets this week. Um. And they, I saw some some tweets about Bruno possibly adding some shooting to the Rockets, yep. but basically that was just a one for one type of deal. Yep. Um, Both expiring this summer, so exactly. they'll be off the books. So it, yeah, not a not a huge thing. One twenty five p.m. from Woj, Minnesota's Gorgie Jang, huge for James Johnson. Love this straight up. Yep. Um, so we get a center and we send Johnson on to Minnesota, and we lose like what one a little over a million. Yeah, Jang was a little bit. Virtually the same, but Minnesota was trying to get under the tax. Correct. And they only needed like a million to do it, and we made this swap to make it happen. Totally. And then at the latest update, at 432, Chris Haynes reporting that the Grizzlies do not plan to keep Deion Waiters. They will release 
him and or and or buy him out, yeah, basically. Yeah. And I think that's to be expected. Again, we talked about it last week when I predicted incorrectly that Jay and Solo would probably be on the roster. Um, looking at it now, I'm very content with how things turned out, obviously. Uh, yeah, culture culture's huge. Um, having guys, veterans around our team that, that can build us up and only build us up and not be any form of a distraction is a big deal. And Waiters is literally nothing but a distraction. I think he's been suspended three different times this year. One for basically having a panic panic attack for eating too many like doped up gummies yep. or something on a team plane. Yeah, coming back from Memphis apparently. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad he. I don't even know what that looks like. We had talked about that before the pod got started. Like, what would carry over? How would we do this? How would we just? Basically, yeah. it's just going to be $12 million this year and next dead cap on our books, yep. um, which was the cost of doing business for the and Winslow similar trade. similar to the, the Plumlee thing this summer. So yeah. as the only difference is we basically have waiters for, so I guess it, this is the third waypoint. We're, we're two-thirds through the, through the season, I guess yep. you mm-hmm. would say. So we have an extra third of a season with waiters, not even on the roster, but I guess on the books. Right. But it's just like us getting a deal done this summer and just having him on for next next year. Correct. And then losing him. So you the basically open up a roster spot, but you're still on the hook for paying him, which is yep. it is what it is. And yep. so my I was actually speculating that we would do the Josh Jackson treatment potentially with waiters, maybe send him to the hustle, see what happens. Yeah. And then use him as an expiring in a deal next year. But I, right. I guess the front office there were enough red flags that they were just like, you know what? Don't we're not even gonna have him this. around. Because you like so he's old enough to where he can deny. So Chandler Parsons did this not too long ago. Basically, we were like, hey, Chandler, go down to the G League and kind of get some reps while you kind of uh, get your knees back. And Chandler's like, nope, I'm not doing that. So, like, players, once they get to a certain age, can basically decline going to the G League. So I don't really know how that would work with waiters, how would how that would work. I just I don't know. Yeah, I think the best case is just do what we're doing. I think that is what I would do too. I'd be interested to see if he ends up signing anywhere like the Lakers or something. I mean, I could see the Lakers doing it because like LeBron and AD are such strong cultures themselves that what they say goes and like they're not trying to get like develop anything. They already have what they have. So if waiters can come off and play eight to ten minutes of kind of heat check basketball, but apparently J.R. Smith is going to be their guy to do that. Which is hilarious, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I doubt. I don't know. He's he's kind of in a in a dark spot when it comes to NBA circles. Yeah, I would imagine. So um, that was that was fun. Waiters Island for a few Waiters hours Island. Here. Waiters um, and Dylan. That would have been a yeah a blast to watch them too. <laughs> All right. So before we get to our new players, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't for give sure. Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill their due. Um, and I want to, I guess, begin this this brief discussion, uh, talking about that video that Mark Spears tweeted out of Andre Iguodala. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. At the in the first thirty seconds of the video, that's really all you need to see. Um, basically, Andre Iguodala is being interviewed, and says that he hopes that he can be his. Um, the way he dealt with his situation, he hopes it can be an inspiration um, for those. He hopes that it can even be a case study in how uh, an athlete deals with 
um, this particular circumstance and for the Harvard Business Review or something like that, um, taking ownership of, of uh, where they are and, and making something happen. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Um, go watch the video. Um, it's honestly despicable. Yeah. We talked about Iguodala on uh, the podcast a couple of days ago. We did, uh, Brantley and I talked quickly about the the drama f- with the young Grizz versus Iguodala, and we were we were pretty. I mean, we were fair to his situation, and this to me put it over the top. Like, yeah, I right. I'm I despise Andre Iguodala right now um, because of this video in particular. You want to see a case study of of veterans doing what vets should be doing and that's Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill yep. coming into a situation yeah they they're older got not too old they're in their late 20s but they're at a point in their career their primes where they want to be contending yeah and yet they come in to this young team there's not even a question of their drive uh, to make these guys better their immediately position as mentors We're excited to come unbelievably excited yep. um all, all the while knowing that a, a scenario just like this at the trade deadline could happen. Yeah. But they came out every single game and brought it. Yep. And in the locker room. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, when you compare you and contrast these two, um, and for that, I think Grizzlies fans will always be thankful for Crowder and Hill, even though it was only a brief stay in Memphis. For sure. And who's to say that we can't come back? Oh, yeah. Next offseason and maybe even sign one of those guys. I would love to. Probably Hill because he'll back. be making a lot less yeah. than Crowder. But still, just just the difference between the two and then the audacity of Iguodala to release a video like That's that. That's my after. biggest thing. Yeah. My just, biggest thing is him basically. And it's kind of funny. And we're not, we're not going to get too deep on this, but it's like culture and society today. So someone who just shows up. And works as hard as they can and fulfills their contract and does what they're asked. No one will ever hear about it. Right. Chris Vernon tweeted something out today or maybe yesterday about Jay and Solo. Basically like the mad respect that he has for them because they just went about their business and they kept it all in house. Um, Even Jay two or three nights ago, someone asked him a reporter was like, so what about trade stuff? Like, you know, what's, what do you think is going to happen? How are you feeling? He was basically like, I'm keeping it all in-house. We're all on the same page. Me and the front office, we're on the same page. That's all, all you business. need to know. And that's it. Like, he handled it. Yeah, just all the respect to him and Solo, for sure, just accepting their roles fully, um, knowing what they were stepping into. Yeah, I just it just I bet it meant a ton to all of our young guys. And it's really awesome to see people like that. It's almost great that we have this contrast of how to do it and how not to do it. And go ask some of these young players on the Grizz how they would do it if they had if they were in that opportunity. Look at the impact that both guys or both sets of situations made on them. They were very bitter towards Iggy, rightfully so, um, and they just all were loving Jay and Solo just and respected respect. them so much. And I think the contra- the contrast between the two is going to be huge, too. This is how you be a professional. This is how you act. But, of course, the media is going to twist it and be like, Iguodala is doing his thing. And that's fine. I love what Ja said last night. He was like, it's over. It's past this. We're not worried about it. I'm going to play with the guys who we have on the team. And that's it. Like, that, that even shows 
maturity right there of not like dwelling on it. Not even Dylan didn't really say much. He was like, "Yeah, it's just behind us. It's over. I'm glad we have a guy who wants to play with us now." And that's it. Uh, just shout out to Jay and Solo. Just I would love to shake your hands. Acts. I would love it. Um, Let me shake your hand one day. Thank you to okay. those guys. All right, now let's get into let's get into the exciting stuff. All right, we're gonna go through. Um, maybe even add some some music. Maybe write some beats here. Uh, we're gonna go through this five thing segment. We're gonna we're gonna hit the high points for each guy. And so uh, what this is gonna look like is we're gonna take a player. We're gonna give you a quick bio. Talk about their contract. Talk about uh, their best season and worst season. And then we're gonna talk about maybe their injuries. And then at the end we're gonna do a, a fun fact yeah. about each guy. Just a so. You ready to go, Ty? Let's do it. Let's do five things. All right, let's start with Justice Winslow. Bio, he's 23 years old, 6'6", small forward, power forward, combo type of guy. Um, he went to college at Duke. He won the title in 2015, uh, now has joined up with Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen, joined back up with them. Yep. Uh, so a reuniting of some Dukies. Uh, he was drafted 10th overall in 2015. This is his fifth NBA season. His contract, he's in the first year of a three-year, $39 million deal. Uh, the final year of that contract is a team option. So technically, he's officially on the books for two, could be that third year. So not counting his rookie season or uh, one season where he had to miss a ton of games due to injury, let's talk about his best and worst season. So his best season was actually last year. Uh, he averaged 12.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists per game, 1.4 stocks, that's steals yep. plus blocks. He shot 43% from the field, 38% from three. Huge. He played almost 30 minutes per game. His worst season was actually the game right, the, the season right before that. Uh, he averaged only 7.8 points per game, still 5.5 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 1.3 stocks, 42% field goal. Uh, percentage and 38% from three. Still great. Still great. Uh, yep. He played 24.7, so a few less minutes than the time before. Yep. So his injuries, 2015-16, he played 78 games, um, which is a lot. That was his rookie season. The next year, he only played 18 games due to a torn labrum in his right shoulder, so limited that second year. Third year in the league, played 68 games, which I would consider pretty healthy. If you yeah. play 68 games, in my opinion, that's pretty healthy. Um, had a left knee issue that held him out for a few games. So the following year, this is last year, he played 66 games due to a hamstring slash quad, which notoriously those can linger a little bit. And the only way to basically heal it is to stay off of it. This yep. is the whole quad thing. That's why he was sitting and all that kind of stuff. So quad has hamstring issues. Maybe they're related. Maybe that we're going to get the next quad. Uh, this year is the kind of big thing. Um, so this, this season, he's only played 11 games, started five of them. His first game of the year, he torched us, which was terrible to we'll watch, that but just now it's sec. great to watch. Um, so he had a back issue. He's had back issues going, and now it's been called a bone bruise, which I saw on uh, the Twitter recently that it's the similar injury to what DeAnthony Melton had. Um, and DeAnthony Melton was essentially out all summer. Uh, we didn't really have him practicing very much, and everybody knows to start the season, he didn't play hardly at all. His He was very limited in practice, and everyone was like, why isn't he playing, why isn't he playing? And I think that's one of the reasons why. And if you look at Melton now, he's doing great. He's doing okay. Doing great. All right, just to close out, Justice Winslow, uh, fun fact slash miscellaneous. 
I saw a tweet from Peter Edmiston, a uh, friend of the pod. He uh, had a video from that first game of the season that Ty just referenced, and it was when uh, John Morant came down and had uh, basically a lay-in over Bam out of bio. And um, flexed. Flexed in his very first game <laughs> we ever. We knew John was NBA. the real one when he did that. That's when we knew, and yet, Justice Winslow came right back down the court. Proved he was real, too. bodied John yep. all the way down to the basket, turned around, knocked him back, and just laid the ball right in. Yep. It was um, awesome. And that's when I knew that Justice Winslow had uh, taken quite a leap. He's a dog. And that's um, that's my favorite thing about him. He's a dog. He's a dog. All right. Uh, let's move on to Gorgie Jang. Yeah, Gorgie Jang. Um, 30 years old, 6'11", center. Uh, pretty true center position. Um, can stretch the floor, though. College went to Louisville, drafted 21st overall in 2013. This is his seventh NBA season. So, Gorgie Jang is in his third year of a four-year, $63 million deal, fully guaranteed. Um, I thought actually he was one of those contracts that was signed in the the infamous summer. It was, it was actually the it was actually the one right after that because he was really good. He was he was, he was really super good. solid. Um, best worst season so best season 2016-17 season uh, ten and eight ten points eight rebounds two assists two point three stocks at thirty two minutes a game. So you can see by his. Um, stat line there that very much role guy uh, gonna do kind of the gritty gritty stuff there and I'll jump in on this one there his uh, his worst season uh, it was actually last year it was it was interesting though because he was at 32 minutes a game mm-hmm. um, like you just said but last season he was at 13 uh, per, 13 dip. minutes a game huge yeah. dip he only averaged six and a half points which is still pretty good for only 13 yeah. minutes I think that's Thibodeau too just playing basically five guys yep. all the time. he had uh, four rebounds an assist uh, about one stock um, so he is yeah he he's ready for a resurgence and it's it's pretty crazy if you look at his injury history um, as we said, this is his seventh NBA season. Uh, I had to search for any injury. He's almost Love played that. 82 games every single year. In 2017, he had a sprained left finger, just FYI. 2019, he did it's have important. to deal with a left hip contusion for just a little bit so of time. He's probably fell on it hard. But he's a durable guy. Yeah. Um, so a little fun fact. He's apparently a super, super great dude. Um, so I was kind of looking through Wolves' Twitter, uh, people that cover the team, um, and just know a lot about him. Um, so this is a guy, his name's John Meyer. He kind of writes for the Wolves. He said, Tyus Jones, and this is a tweet, Tyus Jones and Gordy Jang will reunite in Memphis on the coolest young team in the league. It's coming from a Wolves writer, which is funny because they have Cat and now D'Angelo Russell. Um, apparently, Gordy Jang was called Iron G, and he said, Iron G will be missed. Through all the change, he always remained an all-time great person, honest, hilarious, a true pro. Um, this is another guy named Britt Robson. Um, who writes about NBA stuff, uh, primarily out of Minnesota. Um, led, again, Memphis is such a cool team. Apparently, Minnesota loves us. Uh, Memphis is such a cool team. The rebuild is a time-lapse photography joy to behold. G, again, talking about Gorgie Jing, is going to relish their competitive momentum. Poetic justice for the dude who, with one prominent disrespected season expected, always stayed ready. And then underneath... Um, Underneath that tweet, there's a lot of fans basically saying uh, he was their favorite player on the team. One guy said, I've always loved Gorgie on and off the court. High character guy. Solid defender. Better than average three-point shooter for a big guy. Wolves looked significantly better defensively when he was in the starting lineup in place of Cat. Those are facts. 
Um, so we're not the only ones. Woo. Kind of a quiet asset, quiet uh, trade coming in. But again, speaks to the culture, knowing your role, going to play hard. Artie apparently has friends on the team. And Tyus, he also knows Jordan Bell, who was recently with Minnesota right. as well. Um, been in the league a long time. So again, a great, solid veteran who's going to play hard. And I could, could have a decent role on the team for sure. Speaking of Jordan Bell, the third and final addition to the Grizzlies, um, he is 25 years old. He's a 6'8 power forward. It's actually it's interesting because he's also slotted in as a center. Um, yeah. Be interested to see. He's probably going to be more of a, a four yep. for us. He went to Oregon. He was drafted 38th overall in 2017. Yep. Uh, contract, he's just on a one-year one 1.6. We talked about this with Bruno. Basically, they're on the same exact deal. Um, so this this year for 1.6, and then he's off the books this starting this summer. Given this is only his third year, it's not really fair to do a best and worst season for him. But for what it's worth, his best season was his rookie season. He uh, averaged 14 minutes per game on that championship. Yeah. Uh, Golden State team had 4.6 points, 3.6 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.6 stocks. It was just one of those seasons where um, you couldn't believe that Golden State actually hit on a draft pick in a yep. year when they were um, the shoe-in for the finals. Yeah, so. they were just loaded. Um, injury, so he's actually been out recently with a right shoulder injury starting in late uh, this past year, 2019. He's still sidelined with that. I don't know the timeline when he's coming back, when he's going to be healthy. He played in a couple games recently, but okay. not more than five or six minutes. Yeah, so. and honestly, I could that could probably be his role with us. Spot yep. minutes when we need him. If someone gets in foul trouble, I don't think he's going to be a, a key cog in the rotation. Yep, and uh, just to finish out our five things, the fun fact is he was on the 2016-17 Final Four Oregon Ducks team with... Dylan DB, Brooks, baby. That's reunited. Kind of fun. I like we got that. Two Oregon Ducks and three Duke Blue Devils on yeah, our team. That's oh, great. One third of our team has had played with each other in college. That's awesome. Um, so this has been five things. All right, Ty. It's time for a deep dive. What What oh was gosh. your just general reaction to today? Okay. How um, would you for How would you grade? Yeah. Today. If we do like the the A through F rating grading kind of kind of scale i mean i would have to give it an a um we've seen a few different things i kind of look so i don't have the espn plus thing but apparently kevin pelton did not grade us uh on a curve um he kind of gave us a bad grade um the athletic did also another grade and gave us an a um for it so honestly i think people forget and there's so much to talk about right now with this trade and everything that's happened and everything that built up to it that we're probably going to be all over the place. Um, but I'm going to try to say, we're both are going to try to say everything that we want to say, which is a lot because this is, yeah, a lot happened. Um, if you look at this trade, so we got Iggy and we got a first round pick when if nothing else happened, if we bought out Iggy, which a lot of people thought we were going to do, People would still consider it a win. Yep. And by the fact that like we traded Iggy to Miami and got Justice Winslow, everyone's like, ah, oh, they didn't get enough. Where's the where's the pick attached? And I get Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill were involved too. Solomon Hill was in the dump of Chandler Parsons. So again, icing on the cake. We split Chandler Parsons' contract up in, instead of twenty five million to basically two twelve million dollar contracts. And Solo was one of those. He was a great leader, great in the locker room. That's awesome. 
Jay Crowder, again, we got him in the Mike Conley trade. That also brought us back DeAnthony Melton in the long run and two first-round picks, one that we've already used on BC, who, of course, is going to be a long-time Grizz, a Grizz favorite, and is going to be with us for a long time, play a huge role. Jay was just in that trade. Like, that's... This is a throw in. Yeah, all of this is icing on the cake. The fact that we got anything for any of this is like huge. We got a first round for Iggy just by taking on that. That was the win. That was like everything after that is again icing on the cake. And people are trying to be like, oh, this isn't, they had to take on all these contracts and all that kind of stuff. Again, yes, we had to take on contracts. We've already flipped one of those contracts to a guy who's going to contribute and apparently is a great locker room dude. Yes, he's on the books after this year as well for another year. I'm fine with that. He is a big role in backup center. Will, you talked about this like maybe two weeks Last ago spot. about like, yeah, yeah. who we would get for solo. I would That's love to send him to Minnesota for Gorgie Jane because I would like to have some backup center stuff. Um, sorry, I know I'm long-winded here. but No, this is it. I just feel like getting Justice Winslow, who, yes, he has an injury tendency, um, even though like he's played, he played a lot, basically every game his rookie season, had a down year the second season. Um, hey, so did Dylan. Dylan had a down year one year. Jaron didn't play essentially after the All-Star break last year. Little things happen. I get that. The following, he played 66. The following, he played 68. So this season is kind of the big, oh, he's not healthy. And you hear people say um, – kind of when they talk about this trade like oh if if Winslow can get healthy he's a really solid player outside of one year his second year in the league and this year I get that but so three out of the five seasons he's played over 65 games that season I I don't know I maybe it's the homer hat but I kind of feel like that's I get the injury stuff but I think that's decently healthy all right so I think about it like this if you were to ask a random Memphian on the streets who was who's who is I guess knew that maybe some of the, the players mm-hmm. on the team at least, if you said, do you think who's older, Dylan Brooks or Justice Winslow? I think they would, most of them would say Justice Winslow. Totally. Like he's, he's just a guy that seems like he's, he's been in the, the league five seasons. And again, yeah. we're saying this is Dylan's second real yeah. season. Dylan is 24 years old and Justice Winslow is 23. Yep. There's time. He and Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark's a rookie are the exact same age. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so he People Dylan forget is that the, the oldest guy in this core group of five sort of five guys. Grizz next gen um, guys. And so and Dylan just turned 24 like two weeks ago. Just turned 24. Right. And no matter what, what the front office, the, the biggest need on our team after this season, Jay Crowder has been filling that three guard role. Yep. That was going to be the biggest need. Yes. They just. They already filled it. They filled it. For it could be a long time to come. Right. And it is not only that, but for a truly team-friendly deal. Yeah. The fact that we have a team option on him to keep him at $13 million. Totally. For two more years after this one, that's a huge win. Yes. Low risk, high reward for sure. Also, you have to look at the market in order to... So I want to talk about this too, yep. This offseason, people are wanting to say who are detractors of maybe the trade that we have already used up our space for in 2020. Well, who else were we going to use it on? Yeah. We've been talking about Brandon Ingram here as this hot pie in the sky hypothetical. He's oh, going he to get the max. Oh, he was never going to happen. And we, we all knew that. Yeah. 
especially after that MLK game that we went to, we realized how special he was yeah, seeing they, him in person. Yeah. And the Pelicans would be crazy not to re-sign him. Totally. He was the one guy. And then we have Malik Beasley, another guy like that. He's really sort of more of a two-guard. He's also a scorer. When you think of Malik Beasley, the number one thing you don't think of is playmaking. You think of scoring, yeah. high potential Shooting. there. Yep. Justice Winslow is a playmaker. Yep. If you're going to re-sign Dylan Brooks to a contract extension, you don't need another Dylan Brooks right nope. next to him. You need a playmaker, and that's exactly what Winslow is. 6'6", six, six, defender, too. He's going to yeah. lock down. He's, yeah. Think about the best players in the league right now. A lot of them are these combo guards who are twos and threes. You need a guy. And we have Kyle, who's a, a great defender. Yep. Not the quickest guy. <laughs> True. Justice Winslow is this he's he's the perfect three guard. He should be opinion. he should be the perfect fit for our team. He's I couldn't a dog. agree more. Um we'll kind of look at our starting lineup, projected starting lineup after Winslow gets acclimated and all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, we talked about this to begin this pod process about it was during the Dylan conversation about is he the long-term fit and all that kind of stuff. And the, a point I made, and I was like, Jenkins' system really values playmakers. Like, it would be awesome if we had five guys on the floor that could basically create a shot. So if you look at Toronto last year, it might have been an anomaly. I don't know. They had just like a super special season. They kind of got a break with the injuries to Golden State. Every player on the floor for Toronto – could get their own shot, which is like a very, very special thing. A lot of teams don't have that. And like, so Mark Gasol in a pinch could get you a shot. Um, and he was probably the least of that, of those guys that would willing to do that and could do that. So Justice Winslow can provide that for you. He can get a defensive rebound and lead the break in a heartbeat and just honestly outrun people and finish. Um, I watched some highlights of him today, just, just getting so excited. So when they played um, Toronto last year, um, during the regular season, basically Winslow locked up, locked up. I mean, I'm sure he guarded Kawhi well. Um, bodied him up, was not afraid. He's a super strong dude. Speaking of his strength, watch that video that Will was talking about earlier. Um, but, yeah, again, back to the the people kind of hating on us because we took up our space. So realistic free agents. Um, okay, Brandon Ingham again. That was never going to happen. Right. Malik Beasley turned down a three-year, $30 million extension this summer. From or this past summer from Denver, so he was going to expect ten million a year. If we are signing Dylan to a roughly eleven million dollar a year, we're not going to do the same thing for a guy who plays the exact same position. Right. It was either going to be Beasley or Dylan. We chose Dylan. I I'm glad I'm glad we did. I think that's great. Yeah. We also want to bring back Melton, who plays oh well position the same exact position as Malik Beasley does. I'd probably rather have Melton because he does so many little things and he fits our system. Um, okay, so another maybe potential is people throughout Bogdanovich from Sacramento, who everyone in the league is going to be ready to throw a lot of money He's at He's going to get overpaid. People that could. And it's already come out that Sacramento made some moves during this little deadline so they could have space as someone. Like they moved off Deadman, they moved off Ariza. They are going to have enough space to basically match any offer. And again, he's restricted, so we're limited there too. So this summer, we weren't going to be able to do much anyway. So basically, we are taking a chance and basically saying, hey, this was almost like our free agent signing that we really wanted to make. Yeah, we took on some contracts. Again, we've already flipped one for a great role player, and we're going to waive waiters. He will probably never step foot in Memphis. 
So he will be on the books for a year, similar similar to what Plumlee did this year. Again, we've talked about that. But again, we are basically opening up everything for the summer of 2021. So we're yeah, we're punting on 2020, and everyone has been saying, man, this is a really weak free agent class. No one really has space, all that kind of stuff. But now everyone's like, oh, they used up all their space. What is it? Is it like that we did a great job in getting this guy and we used up our space, or like we should have kept our space when there's apparently a weak free agent class? So things aren't really lining up there. No. So I'm fine not having space this summer. Completely okay with it. Especially yeah. for Justice Winslow. And if you want to say, like, who won the trade, you can honestly call this one a win-win. Yeah, totally. The difference is, is that the Heat are trying to win right, right now. now. So at the end of this season, if it doesn't work out as well as they want it for them, they will have lost. Yeah. Because look who has the long-term asset in this deal. We do. Yep. Who's 23 years old. Yep. Yeah, and Miami's big thing is so they got off they got off those contracts, so they will have space starting in 2021. So Winslow, apparently, again, team option. So he could have been some money in 2021, but he may not be. But anyway, they were like, they're going for Giannis in that summer. So basically, that's why Iggy has that team option, because if they right. really want to make a run, they could just not bring him back. So Miami's game is like, they got off some contracts, so they could potentially get Giannis. Like, potentially get a player who may not even go there. And all their first-round picks are basically gone. Um, and I know we're on completely different timelines and all that kind of stuff, even though they have some good young talent. But if you're just looking at Memphis's standpoint, I think this is a huge win. And I get it, maybe a risk due to the injury stuff. I get that. But, like, what else are you going to get for Iggy and those two guys? Like, you're not going to get a first-round pick. And someone come tell me they would rather have this year's draft and a late 20s first-round pick or Winslow. That's a great Someone tell point. me they'd rather have that first-round pick. I, like, can't, I couldn't find one person that would say that. Like, we would have been pumped. Let's say the Heat never came in the picture. We would have been pumped to have Harkless and whatever the Clippers draft. Jerome Robinson. It's such a, we would have been yeah, fine with player. Dallas and the, just getting the right, Golden the State Golden second. State pick. And yeah. think about you are basically replacing – because in that scenario, we would have been taking on another contract filler. Yeah, maybe it would have been expiring. But at the end of the day, your your main asset that you're getting back is a complete unknown. Yep. Winslow isn't an unknown Definitely apart not. from this injury stuff, which at this in this day and age, I can, tr- I can trust a medical staff and yes. a player development program Me like Memphis's uh, to get a guy. And he's not – there is no rush here. Definitely That's the not. best part. Yep. They, we are not in win-now mode. Every win that we have is, again, that I keep going back to that quote, like you said, icing on the cake. That's what this season is. It is. And it's... You can't ask for more. You can't I don't ask for I really more. don't think you can. No. I think this is the best we could have done in our situation. We didn't have a lot of leverage with the Iggy stuff. Jay and Solo, like Solo was great for us, but teams don't value Solo that well. Um, they probably value Jay because they think he's a great three and D guy, and I, I think Jay's the man. Jay's the man, but again, we're also seven and zero when he doesn't play. Right. Um, so there's yeah. that stat for you. He's exactly. also shooting like less than thirty percent from three this year. Um, so he's not necessarily a, a knockdown shooter either. That's more of like intangible stuff. So on the floor, yeah, I, I mean, so let's let's look real quick at the depth chart because people were worried. People were asking on Twitter also like, who's going to replace Jay and Solomon yep. Hill? And when you look at it from that standpoint, like the minutes, average minutes that they they've played and their contributions, they've had some some bigger moments and been great great when they have played, but they're yeah. not the essential parts of this team. So point guard, John Morant starting, Tyus Jones backup, 
awesome one too. Couldn't ask, yeah. Couldn't Especially recently with Tyus, yeah, Tyus breakout went nuts last night. Shooting guard Dylan Brooks, who's been playing lights out. Yep. De'Anthony Melton is your backup. Worst case, you got my boy Marco Guterich. <laughs> oh, luckily we have him on the books for next year as well. Luckily, too. guaranteed baby. Gosh, two point seven, worth man, every thank, penny. Thank goodness. Small forward. Right now it's going to be Kyle Anderson, but also you have Josh Jackson, who's been playing well recently. Yeah. hasn't had a ton of minutes. He kind of looks lost on defense sometimes. People right. go back door on him, and he's like, "Wait, where do they go?" But still, like this is super early in the process. He's twenty two year old. Like he, we don't have, we don't need him he's to be played great like right three now, games, especially when he's us. like, yeah, and, and he's a backup. As soon backup. as Justice Winslow gets healthy, that he's a he was a starting three guard on an unbelievable team. Yep. So uh, he'll definitely start. We have power forward, obviously, Jaron. Brandon Clark backing him up. We have Jordan Bell now, who's going to be that that Bruno role that he was playing earlier in the season, but to me, a much better Bruno yeah. if you're putting Bruno down low. Because, yeah, Bruno got killed exactly. on the block. And Bell's, Bell's if he can strong, do anything, he can re- this guy can rebound for sure. Exactly. And then at center, you have Valanchunas, who's been playing just so well. Unbelievably Deep well. on him coming soon on the pod. Yeah. Sure. And then you have finally. A backup center, yeah. a true backup center, who you can put out there, who you can trust defensively. He's going to do the little things. Um, he he obviously his ceiling is not incredibly high. And that's but, okay. But that's okay. We don't need that. Right. You're not relying on him to be your starting center. No, we need him in spot minutes if Jaron gets in foul trouble and BC's out for some odd reason or something. We just need. Yeah, we needed a guy. You, yeah. you were saying you've been saying that for a while that we just needed another big. Just one more. And we got a guy and locker room stuff like I talked about earlier. Like Minnesota fans loved him. He's apparently a great guy. Uh, great to have in the locker room. I think that's huge too. So Grayson Allen apparently uh, breaking news. Mike Shashevsky, yeah. thanks, Coach his, K. His shout out video to Justice Winslow said that Grayson Allen was out for the year. So uh, yeah. breaking Grayson Allen out for the year. But you know what? That's a bummer. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. He okay. he showed enough to where I feel okay with him sticking around. I think we all decided that hey, he might be in your nine ten guy rotation on like a good team because um, he had moments where he played well. Um, the last thing I'll say just about just today at a high level, when you're in a market like Memphis, the number one word is value. Yep. You have to maximize the value on every single dollar you spend. This, if you look at this cap sheet right now, apart from, oh, okay. You're going to see Gory Jang, who's now our highest paid yeah. player at 16.2 million. You look at that and you're like, he is not a $16.2 million player. It's not about him right now. It's about what he represents. Totally. He is a guy who is going to come in, be solid, off the bench, and he is part of a deal. Without him, you're basically, you got to think about this in terms of the Winslow deal. So we're getting back James Johnson in the Winslow deal. We make we turn James Johnson into Gorgie Jang. Yep. So he's technically a part of this Miami deal. Um so you, you take on him in order to get a guy like Winslow. Um, Justice Winslow is at $13 million for the next, for this season and two more. Jonas Valanciunas, so $16 million center, uh, which we'll do. We are going to be doing a deep dive on Jonas very soon, but he is in a descending contract. Kyle Anderson, you got the mid-level. He's a $9 million guy for two more years. Uh, John Morant, obviously, in his rookie deal. Tyus Jones at the mid-level exception. Just a solid guy you can rely on off the bench. Josh Jackson expiring this year. Jaron Jackson on his rookie deal at $6 million. 
My boy Good. <laughs> good. Brandon Clark, two million dollars. Grayson Allen, two million. I'm. Just, you got team options after that for him, uh, for the next three or four years. Uh, Jordan Bell, one million. Dylan Brooks, gonna making. Okay, let's talk about Dylan real quick. Okay, let's do it. Our worry throughout this whole process, we all. It was the caveat every time we talked about Dylan when I was gushing about him in the past two weeks, and you guys were being a little bit more hesitant. Which is fine. It was. It always came down to one thing, and that was, "What are you going to have to pay him?" Yep. Now we know it's a known thing, and it is probably five million dollars less than I would have expected. Oh, at least. So I thought he was going to get Gary Harris money. Um, so Gary Harris uh, plays for Denver. Um, I'm trying to pull up his contract really quick because Gary Harris was about the same age when he got extended. He was a starting two guard for them. That's a great comp. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So contract. This is Gary Harris. This year, basically eighteen million. Next year, nineteen million. The next year, twenty million. So basically twenty and a half million. That was my fear. We do not have a single player on our roster making twenty million dollars. Everyone is under that. Gary Harris, who is the worst starter for Denver is going to make that in two years. Like, if you want to talk about flexibility, man, do we have it. Yes. That's I think the main we have thing. so much flexibility. Um, and it, we also have to mention here, we have 14 guys now on the roster. Got that so spot. we have a spot right Joe now. Joe Kim, <laughs> come <laughs> back. <Call him> up. <laughs> if we hadn't gotten Jang, I totally would have been be on fun. the phone with Joe Kim. I hope Noah. he gets picked up by, like, a contender. So, I, I love Joe Kim. Right now... Um, our salaries add up to 128.9 million. The tax level is 132, so you have about three million in change to play with yep. if you needed to sign somebody. Um, I'm super interested in what this front office is going to do. And shout out to the front office. Totally, it is night and day. Oh my gosh! What, this the trade deadline to me was always a day that I. It was not a fun feeling. Yeah. Definitely knowing not. that who was calling the shots, you never knew what kind of a deal you were going to get. Um, you were it was a 50 50 chance basically every yep. time that it was going to be the best deal or the worst deal possible. These guys they pay attention to every single detail, every detail. Flipping Bruno Caboclo, who's injured right now, uh, but and was asked to be do to do a thing that he wasn't necessarily totally. great at doing for a guy who's not going to be asked to do a lot, but that. Yep. Detail matters. I think the Gorgie Jang thing is also like, yeah, that's just huge. Being able to turn and kind of be an opportunistic because the Wolves wanted to shed a little bit of money. Um, and who's to say James Johnson is a bad team? I have no idea if he's a bad teammate. Uh, apparently he didn't really get a hot start this year with Miami because they essentially benched him because he wasn't in shape. So that's not a good sign. No. Um but yeah, even that little thing too, just flipping him for a, a good locker room guy that's going to play hard is another huge thing. Yeah. It's little stuff. It is. And yeah, like you said, you got to take advantage and you kind of got to swing sometimes a little bit bigger. This isn't a huge swing by any means, in my opinion. Um, but if you think that Winslow is a slight risk, this to me, this is so worth it. You get a shot at a guy on a very team-friendly, again, $13 million a year contract. He could, best case scenario, if things play out well, he likes Memphis, um, 
everything moves forward. He could be like your starting three guard. Again, this is very rare in the NBA for teams to stick together like this. It doesn't really happen that much. But theoretically, he could be your starting three guard. Let's just say at least for the next three or four years, maybe five, six. So for the next entering into the middle of John Jaron's prime, you have a three guard locked up that fits with his team extremely well. And hopefully will continue to improve on his three-point shot and other things. But again, he also fits like this super competitive. I just want him on my team. Yep. Like watching him play, I'm just like, ah, I want that guy on my team. Um, I just think it's a – I think everything worked out well. I get some hesitancy with the injury stuff. I honestly don't think it's a huge deal. That may come back to, to bite me too. Um, he might be injury prone for the rest of his career. But to talk on that, he's a six six, very compact small forward. He's not your Porzingis who's seven three with terrible knees. He also doesn't have like bad knee issues or foot issues or anything like that. Anything really severe in the past. So Yeah, and at the end of the day, like we said, if it doesn't work out, we're only on okay. the hook for one more year. Yeah. That's it. We took a swing. Yeah. Absolutely. And we were gonna lose Jay and Solo and obviously Iggy this summer anyway, and we were gonna go in with all this cap space and absolutely nothing to do with it except potentially throw a max at, again, Bogdanovich from Sacramento and hope they don't match or something like that. I just, yeah, I think this was all around great. I, I'm very pleased, obviously. I'm pumped. All right, so we've been rambling now for uh what we're good at, <laughs> man. We're ramblers. Yeah, um, but you know what? It deserved it. it this type of day deserves some rambling. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, hear from a sponsor, and then we're going to come back and we're going to hit this past week of games and a few segments, and then we'll be out. This episode of the Grizzden Pod is sponsored by Katie Davidson Homes with Coldwell Banker. Katie is known for her expertise in home aesthetics and getting Memphis homes sold quickly for top dollar, even after other agents have previ- previously attempted and failed. Did you know that on average, Memphis home values have increased by close to 5% just in the previous year? If you're looking to take advantage of the current market trends by buying or selling, give Katie a call at 901-604-4926. She knows the market and loves working with clients through the buying and selling process to reach their real estate goals. One client had this to say about working with her. This is the second opportunity I had to use Katie's expertise and professionalism. I would recommend Katie to anyone wishing to buy or sell real estate. Right from the start, Katie guides you through the process, decision points, and final negotiations. Her talent for staging and updates helped sell my property in just two days. Two days, ladies and gentlemen. Again, give Katie Davidson with Coldwell Banker a call at 901-604-4926 for all of your Memphis real estate needs. All right, we're back. Ty, let's talk through these games. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, the first game, New Orleans, last week, lost again to New Orleans, or 0-2 against them. Yeah. Uh, they uh, have combined to shoot an effective field goal percentage of 62% yep. against us. So it's going to be really hard to beat a team like that. Also, we really miss Marco Guterich out with the suspension. Yeah, that's the only guy we miss, right? <laughs> we had two Jaren was also I don't out. even remember the other guy. I just yeah, remember I just remember we really missed him. Yeah, I didn't watch this game. Um, good for good reason, obviously. I mean, I, I intended to watch it, but I was doing some other stuff. Uh, with family and didn't get a chance and I checked the score at one point and I was like man they just they have our number so I didn't watch it so I, I watched it much. and uh my analysis is that Zion Williamson is really good yeah 
Um, it was fun to see him and Ja match up together. Um, yep. He won that matchup for sure. Yep. Uh, we were we were down by nine at the end of the first quarter, and it just felt like we couldn't ever get in a rhythm and get back in. Um, but yeah, and nobody really had an outstanding game. Our high score was Jonas with 18 points, eight rebounds. Um, everybody else, um, yeah, it just it was tough too when you miss when you're missing your second best player. Yeah, and Jaron. So, and it was in New NBC Orleans too, missed, I believe too, right? Yeah. So anyway, we can scratch that one off. Uh, Detroit, however, uh, was a a win that. Really took you back to yeah. the uh, <laughs> mid 2010s. It felt like it was the the one word I would use to describe this one was muddy in the mud. Um, this was the Jonas Valanciunas game, 26 points, 17 rebounds against Andre Drummond, who had 25 and 18. Uh, Somehow didn't you? Yeah, by watching also you couldn't tell. Didn't even play defense at, at all. all. And I don't it was know like if he jumped. He got dunked on by Jaron so bad in the first quarter, and I think he was like walking on the court, like smiling about it. You want to know a fun stat? Let's hear Ty? it. Let's hear it. If you take Andre Drummond out of the starting lineup, the Detroit starters shot eight for fifty. God, that's bad from the field. That is so I think bad. Siku Dembuya, or however yeah. his name, is the worst. Worst rookie. He shot it every time he touched <laughs> it's been it. Been taken in the, the top dude, fifteen I've he, ever seen. He needs to come to the Grizz because the dude let it fly. He would fit <laughs> in perfect. They scored ten points in the third quarter. He was ten horrible. points. He, that's less. Yeah, that's so bad. Ten points. He um. Granted, we scored nineteen. That was true. the funny 19's part. Nineteen's real bad too. Yeah, but it it we almost won the third didn't quarter. <laughs> yeah, won the third quarter, baby. Nineteen ten. Um, this is also the game after. After the uh, in the locker room when uh, yep. we had the the Iggy drama that came up after that Dylan quote that so we then that's when Dylan turned the corner. I know you mentioned <laughs> that Dylan that's when had he turned, turned the, the corner. corner. I he think truly, in most eyes. he turned the corner. Yeah, because he, he became did. he was like yeah he just became yeah you weren't here you weren't on uh, that last pod that we did what, no what, I wasn't. what 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 did you think of Dylan Ty You've not been the biggest. Dylan I guy thought in that the past. was awesome. I was Let's all go, in man. for that. And his quote got taken out of context. But like the full quote was like, I'm Iguodala, respect his game, whatever, right. whatever, whatever. But you're basically disrespecting us and we're not going to stand for that. Um, and his teammates clearly got his back too because Melton kind of did a little mention tweet and so did John and that just sprung open a huge can of, of Twitter um, everywhere. But it was fun. But yeah, I'm... I kind of like him after that. Yeah. Kind of like him. Detroit is just one of those games you need to win. Uh, yeah. We, Derek Rose wasn't yeah. playing either. You just needed to to take this one home. Reggie Jackson uh, was playing, who's a infamous uh, Grizz killer. Grizz killer. He's but lost it, too. That he guy's, is. That guy's he's lost, lost a step, it. for sure. Um, but, yeah, JV just went nuts. And that we were all slacking over that. And we were like, we got to, like – so we had that. We'll toss this out later. But we were like, where does JV stack in the list of – it's starting centers in today's league. And we kind of threw out some names. We're going to do it tonight. But we're going to have that coming with you. It's interesting coming analysis to you soon. for sure. Um, when you see, um, I think the word, again, the buzzword is value. Um, JV is a valuable center yep. in this league. He's and great he for his that role. Yep. And he stepped up in a big game with a big matchup. Okay, so the final game happened last night. Um, kind of got overshadowed by all the trade stuff happening during the game. It was weird. I... That's what I was saying in our in our chat. I was just like, the game feels so secondary right mm-hmm. now to what's going on. But 
Um, so Luca wasn't playing. He's hurt. Um, this was going to be a big game, um, but it was because it was in Dallas. Luca, Dallas is really good. Um, we let them hang. They were actually up by one at the end of the first quarter, um, and it was still a close game at halftime. Yeah, it was uh, fifty-nine to fifty-six. We were up, and then the third quarter happened. Tyus, Tyus blacked Jones. out. This is the Tyus game. He will not remember that third quarter if you ask him about it. No, he uh, came off the bench, had nineteen points. Shot, went three yeah, for three from didn't three. Miss a shot. He didn't miss a shot. He was eight for eight That's for the nuts. game. Uh, won the third quarter, forty-one to twenty-two. Had an effective field goal percentage of fifty-nine percent. Uh, I thought I thought Porzingis was going to go for fifty. To be honest, he looked like it. And he so I don't remember who they played recently, but he had a game where he went bananas uh, yeah. without Luca, and they just kept throwing him the ball. And it was a bad matchup for JV because he kept getting at the top of the key. Yes, I'm pretty sure Porzingis. First shot was from like the logo at the top of the key and from like 40 feet, and he drained it. So you're just like, oh gosh. Um, but yeah, that game, yeah, Tyus just went nuts. The bench played so well. I don't think we had a guy on the team that didn't play well. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jackson did some fun stuff. Um, he, again, he kind of looks lost on defense sometimes. Backdoor cuts happen on him a lot. He kind of loses focus. His one on one defense is okay. You just, you can see it. He's just so long, so athletic. Yeah. Uh, kind of starts the break, but once he gets going, he doesn't really know what to do with it, and he kind of like gets in the air, and he's like, I don't know where to go. Yeah. Um, he had a few threes, which was encouraging. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not asking him to do a ton either. He played 20 minutes, which is – a, I mean, that would be a good, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night would be fine. Yeah. Um, it's also hard going from a hustle team where you're the guy and the yeah, offense flows for through sure. you, and then you're coming to a system where you are – you were the tenth guy at yeah. this point, um, and our system like you need it's like just playing ball, yeah, which can be t- honestly, which can be tough if you're not kind of put in a spot. Like everyone kind of has this freedom to just kind of go make a play, and he's kind of finding his way when to pick his spots, which I think is going to be a tough thing for him because I think that can be a tough thing to learn, um, just how to play, just how to be a team player. People were about the some more trade stuff. People were mentioning like Wiggins is going to have a tough time. Everyone was like, all these people saying Wiggins is just going to go to Golden State and just immediately fit in perfectly. Like, it's really tough for a guy that's never fit into, like, a team ball system to just openly do it all of a sudden. Wiggins and Josh Jackson actually remind me a lot of each other. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, Wiggins just has a much bigger contract, obviously, and can kind of go on heaters and score. But they're, like, truly similar kind of players. Yeah. Um, So I think it could be tough. For Josh, but I, I mean, I have hope for sure for the rest of the season. Obviously, going to get some PT for the rest of the season. There's a little less than thirty games left. Um, yeah. He's going to play for sure. I see him as sort of a also like a quicker Kyle when the ball is whipping around the key and then it gets to Josh Jackson, who happens to be the open guy. And you're like, oh man, I wish it was somebody else because he's a little bit. Yeah. He's going to clank that first three, and then he ended up hitting a couple yeah. in the game, Two but it was six. after he had missed a couple too, yeah. and so he kind of had to just find, he's not a guy who's going to wake up and, and you know, go three for five from three, or four for, for sure. five from three. And you kind of almost like want his role to be like swing, swing, catch, shoot. Exactly. You don't want to be like a swing, swing, catch. Josh Jackson's like, ah, I'm going to take a few dribbles. I'm going to try to get in the lane. I'm like, oh, now I'm lost, and he turns it over or something like that. You want him kind of more of a and this is kind of going against what I just said about just learning to play. But if you could just, like, catch and shoot, 
on the wing or in the corner and then play really good defense. And if you get a long rebound or something, start the break. That's great. But kind of know your spots. Yeah, just do what you're and asked to do. he'll learn that. Mainly. Exactly. He'll learn that for sure. Um, and he'll get a lot of run too because we've uh, he played a lot because Crowder and Solo weren't in. He's going to take their minutes. And yeah. they're not on the team and Winslow's hurt. So he's going to have to yep. step up. So My hope see. is Melton starts playing more than 16 minutes a night. I would love to see Melton at like over 20, like 22, 23, 24, 25 minutes. I don't know. That, that may be asking for a little bit much. Um, he played 27 minutes that night, almost 28 minutes. Um, so, yeah, and Tyus is going to be huge off the bench. He only played 17 minutes. Uh, but Josh is going to get his run for sure. Uh, subplot of the night was Delon Wright versus Tyus Jones. The two, the the guy, yeah. Tyus Jones was the guy that we signed instead of uh, Delon Wright, and uh, I think he showed us why. Yeah, Delon Wright was a whopping minus thirty five on the night, Whew. which is not ideal. No, uh, Tyus was a plus nine. So in a game solid. that they really needed Delon to step up as well. Yeah, for sure, because he was either he or Brunson. Brunson started. Um, which I, I honestly thought DeLon was like going to go there and play off Luca and start, and that just hadn't been really hadn't been the case. All right, so, so those were the three games. Um, two and one, not too bad. Huge. Um, yeah, the Dallas. Over, I mean, over 500. First time this year. First time in probably four years is what it feels like. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be watching this week. Um, got some big ones coming up. All right, so we're going to go now to our Grizzlies history moment. I'm going to run through this. Um, I thought that in in the spirit of trade deadlines, I decided to go back through every single year in Grizzlies history and pick out the number one deal from every trade deadline that had the biggest impact on the Grizz. Zero misses on the list. I mean, they're all just like home runs. <laughs> right. Um, and you'll see right. you'll see very early on. Uh, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to recognize some of these guys' names. Uh, but that's just because there was one trade that we made at the deadline and that's what I had to choose from. And you also notice that we had a pretty good amount of, uh, really quiet deadlines where we didn't make a trade. Um, so let's jump in 1996, the first trade deadline. We traded Kenny Gaddison. And the 1996 second round Big draft Ken, pick, as they call him. Big Ken. Randy Livingston was <laughs> later selected with that pick Big that Randy. we sent to the Orlando Magic for Jeff Turner. Oh, yeah. I have no idea who that is. 1997, we didn't make a trade. 1998, we traded Chris Robinson and Otis Thorpe to the Sacramento Kings for Bobby Hurley and Michael hey. Smith. Hurry 1999, in. we traded Sam Mack to the Houston Rockets for Roderick Rhodes. And then we went three straight years without a trade in the trade deadline. Really? 2003 was the, the next trade deadline trade after 1999, where we traded Gordon Gerlachek and Drew Gooden to the Orlando Magic for Ryan Humphrey, Mike Miller, uh, and a 2003 first-round draft pick, who we later selected Kendrick Perkins. But, fun fact, on draft night, we traded Marcus Banks and Kendrick Perkins to the Boston Celtics in return for Troy Bell and Grizz favorite Dante Jones. Mm. We also sent a 2004 second-round draft pick. or We received uh, the 2004 second-round draft pick. Um, 2004, again, through 2006, no trades. 2007, this might be the biggest one on the list. Traded Jake Sakalitis, ha, <laughs> not the biggest like you thought it was going to be, to the Houston Rockets for Scott Paget. 2008. Now, I had to, uh, 
This one isn't necessarily following my exact rules because this trade happened three weeks before the trade deadline, technically, but it is important enough that this, we had yeah, to mention it. This may it. be one of the most notorious trades in all of NBA history. It's true. 2008, the Memphis Grizzlies traded Pau Gasol and a 2010 second-round draft pick to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenden, Aaron McKee, and Mark Gasol. That's right. A 2008 first-round draft pick, Dante Green, later selected, and a 2010 first-round draft pick, Gravis Vasquez, was later selected. Um, at the time, picks. this was considered <laughs> one of the worst trades. Yeah. Uh, Greg Popovich was basically calling out David Stern yeah, because he... They wanted him to veto it. Exactly. Um, and, I, I mean, honestly, like... They won two titles. Lakers. They did. did. So they won, and we also got uh, one of the most important members, if not the most important member of uh, yeah. the franchise. Out of all of that, we had one, two, three, four, five. So we had four players and two first-round draft picks, and one of them became something. Yeah. Which is crazy. It was crazy. But two, it was Mark, and Mark was the man. It was Mark Gasol. 2009, as part, this is another big one. As part of a three-team trade, the Memphis Grizzlies traded... Kyle Lowry to the Houston Rockets. Big trade too. The Houston Rockets traded Rafer Alston to the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic traded Brian Cook to the Houston Rockets. The Orlando Magic traded Adonal Foyle, Mike Wilkes, and a 2009 first-round draft pick to the Memphis Grizzlies. Damari Carroll was later selected, and then he was sent off to another team and thrived. <laughs> that was a fun time. Gosh. 2010, no trades. 2011, oh, speaking of, traded Damari Carroll, Hashim Thabit and a 2013 first-round draft pick to the Houston Rockets for Shane Battier and Ish Smith. Uh, I would say this we had to was give up a first-round pick just to get off Thabit. And he was probably on his in his rookie deal at that point. Andre Robertson was actually selected with that first-round pick that we sent over to Houston, um, and I guess that ended up getting rerouted to OKC somehow. But I don't have that on my sheet. Uh, 2012, or Shane Battier, too, was one of the most important pickups the of the Houston. that season. Oh, yeah. As he hit Shane the Batty three great. to bring him the first franchise's first playoff win. Yeah. 2012, traded Sam Young to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ricky Sanchez. 2013, we traded Ricky Sanchez to the Miami Heat for Dexter Pittman. He couldn't cut it. He Cash cut it. and a 2013 second-round draft pick. Um, I noted also the Rudy Gay trade was actually three weeks earlier. Um, so I didn't break my rule for the Rudy Gay trade, but I did for the Pau trade. I could only break it once. Uh, 2014, no trades. 2015, uh, no trades. But I will say a month and a half before the deadline, we had the infamous Jeff Green trade. Jeff. That we're still uh, going to have to pay up this okay. I'm sure you are. 2016, as part of a three... Brantley's going to like this one. As part of a three-team trade, the Memphis Grizzlies traded Courtney Lee to the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets traded P.J. Hairston, a 2018 second-round pick, and a 2019 second-round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Charlotte Hornets traded Brian Roberts to the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat traded Chris Anderson, a 2018 second-round draft pick. Guess who was selected with this pick? DeAnthony Melton. Mm. We had the That somehow Comes got rerouted around. to... Uh, to Phoenix, who picked him, but anyway. And a second-round draft pick to the Memphis Grizzlies, so we got Chris Anderson in that deal. 2017, no trades. 2018, traded James Ennis to the Detroit Pistons for Bryce Johnson. Bryce Johnson in a 2022 second-round draft pick. And then 2019, last year, arguably the biggest biggest one of them all. Um, even bigger than 2008, yeah. you could say. We traded for Marcus Hall to the Toronto Raptors for C.J. Miles, Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, 
and a 2024 second round pick. And obviously this year, we had the trade that we've been talking about this entire time. So there's your trade deadline history. Um, a lot That's of a duds, lot. but also there's some diamonds in there as well. Yeah, including um, the one we just did, which is a diamond. That's exactly right, for sure. That's a win. All right, Ty, it's time to get out of here. Let's do hammer nail coffin. Um, so I'll start. I We, we mentioned it uh, just a few short minutes ago. I'm going to be watching Josh Jackson for the next uh, couple of weeks uh, because Justice Winslow, we don't necessarily know the timeline. We've had a few people speculate that uh, it could be as soon as after the All-Star break that yep. we could see him. I think it's a great great timing to have that week-long break. Which is late February mm-hmm. is when we would expect that. Right. and um, So roughly three weeks, three or four weeks. So Kyle Anderson we expect to probably start, but Josh yep. Jackson will be that guy at the three off yeah. the bench. Uh, Melton will, will also go back and forth uh, between the two and the three. We'll see what Taylor Jenkins does, but I think this is his opportunity to show the oh, franchise. Absolutely. This is I can be a long-term uh, player on your team, and also to show the league just for him in general yeah. that he can still play. Yep. Um, um, so no, that's who I'm going to be team. watching. I I like that too. Um, I think the rotation is going to get tighter. It's obviously going to have to because uh, Jang again is is that center, and we. Again, we were talking about this earlier, too. So the rotation is JV and Jaron start. BC comes in for JV, and they they run together. So Jaron at the five. And then the second quarter starts, Brandon Clark usually stays and plays with Jonas for a little bit. So basically your four and your five are those three in rotation pretty much all the time. Um, Solo would come in and play a little four. Uh, that would kind of be his main spot is playing the four. I guess you could sometimes slot Jay to the four. Kyle Anderson kind of played the four. But your center spots usually JV and Jaron. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see how Jane kind of fits in there. Because I think he will play for sure because I think he can help us out. Um, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be watching Josh Jackson too. I can't wait for Winslow to come. I think that's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be like really fired up. I think when young players get traded sometimes, they're like, okay, this I'm going to show everyone why you shouldn't have traded me. Um, I hope that's the case. He kind of seems like that kind of guy too. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Jackson is going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch. I think he's going to get a lot of run. I would love to see him kind of play with the starters a little bit. Um, maybe take out. I don't. I don't. I think Kyle should start for sure, but play with those other four guys, uh, meaning Ja, Dylan, um, Jaron, and either BC or or JV. Um, so the next kind of upcoming games, we play Philly tomorrow. They are playing Milwaukee right now. So they will be coming off of a back-to-back. They've kind of been all over the place. They have way more talent than we do. So if talent just wins out, they're going to beat us for sure because they're a really talented team. They're long. They're super athletic. But, again, Embiid, I I can see JV kind of holding his own a little bit. Um, Then we play at Washington. Obviously, they're not very good. Um, So we could easily win that. This is Sunday. And then we have a break until Wednesday when we play at home against Portland. That is the game of these next little stretch that I'm going to be fired up about. Absolutely. Um, first of three. We haven't first played of them three. yet, and we are the eight and nine seed. Yeah, and they are, I believe, a game and a half back right now, or is it two? Uh, I think it's two. Two games back from us. Um, if they beat us, that is one game they advance, so then they would only be one game back. Um, that game is going to be very important, and I think our guys are going to know that, and I think they're going to be fired up. It's at home after a two-game road trip. 
um, three, including this past Dallas game. I cannot wait for the Portland game. I cannot wait to see John Dame, to be honest. Uh, they're not going to guard each other very well because no one in the league could guard Dame, apparently. He's just going nuts, and he's not a great defender. Notoriously, Conley used to just toast him in playoff series. So that could be like a really fun matchup. I'm excited to see that game. And then right after that, uh, the Grizzlies play the Kings. Four-game road trip, which is – we're on the road a lot. So we go – basically, we just had Dallas on the road, Philly on the road, Washington on the road. We're home for Portland next Wednesday. But then we go on a four-game four game West Coast road trip, Sacramento, the two L.A. teams, and then Houston, and then back home for Sacramento again. We're going to be watching John Morant against Damian Lillard and against De'Aaron Fox That'll in be back-to-back fun. games. Uh, but we do have the all-star break after Portland, yeah, just noting true. that. That's so true. there will be a long break. Um, we'll be back with you next week. Um, what a trade deadline this was. Let's go. A reason to be excited. A reason to be excited. Grizz next gen is just... Icing on the cake, oh, baby. Awesome. It's awesome. That's all it is, icing on the cake. Thanks for joining us. For Ty, I'm Will. This has been another edition of the Grizzden Pod. We'll talk to you soon. Check it, it, let's begin. Party on, party